Dudes, how are you? I hope everyone is well. Uh, I hope you're all getting after it as such. And welcome to episode three of the Vet Files. Uh, crikey. Um, right, this week, Luke Morrison. So Luke is a former para. Uh, don't hold that against him. He is a genuinely good bloke. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep the intro really, really quite brief this week. Uh, I don't want to spoil a surprise or take anything away from, from the chat we had. Luke tells an absolutely amazing story um and i want you to really enjoy it as 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 much as you can and i don't want to spoil it um what i will say quickly on luke is it was a absolute pleasure meeting him turbo positive guy and everything he's achieved in life so far i think he's actually only scratching the surface i think this i think he's got so much going for him and i think he's 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 gonna do some incredible stuff so watch this space but for now enjoy the podcast and uh yeah enjoy people welcome to this week's podcast and i've got luke with me but i'm gonna let luke do the introductions and then we'll get cracking over to you mate cool hi guys name's luke morrison i'm a former paratrooper as you can see or not see <laughs> you can't see i lost my leg in afghanistan so we're going to talk about a little bit about my life today. Um, your man here is going to tell me, fire away the questions, and then I'm going to talk and tell you. Awesome. So how are you anyway, bro? Good. Thank Very you. Good. For, thank you massively for no doing worries, this. No worries. No worries. Um, honestly. Because we, we we weren't even following each other on social media. Like I didn't know who you were, and yeah. then the guys at Offensive Veteran were like, "You need to talk to Luke." They were like, "You need to talk to him. Yeah. He's a fucking. He's a, he's a bit of a legend. He's got an awesome story." I find you got the messages and, yeah. and boom, we're here. Um, so I'll start where we start with everyone. What sort of kid were you? And why did you want to join the join the army? And then specifically, why did you want to join the Paris? Yeah, cool. So, um, you know, I was, an, I was an active kid, pretty much. Like, I, I was always, you know, I was always cross-country, into my fitness. Mm. And I always looked at, you know, when you're a kid and you watch movies and stuff, don't you? You're like, kind of watching, like... I don't know that you know the guys are coming in and stuff, and I always remember seeing like um, the elite units um, of the military in the UK, and I remember the parachute regiment. I thought, oh god, like they look, they look cool. They do. <laughs> like, I want to, I want to, I want to try this out. Oh, yeah. um, you know, and then obviously like uh, so, yeah, selectively for that. But before, I remember just thinking doing jobs and stuff and it, you know we weren't really enjoying life i mean we've all been there haven't we but you know i was college i did a pre-uniform so i was kind of going down that route anyway mm-hmm. but i take a few steps back i was i was a bit of a, a bit of a you know like getting into trouble as a kid mm-hmm. and fighting and all the bad sort of stuff but then i kind of like let move that group um push that group aside and as soon as i went to college that was a kind of a, a stepping stone for me mm-hmm. if you like because the guy, um, uh, the guy there is former military called Tomo, and he, I kind of looked up to him a little bit. He wasn't in the in the paras as such or anything. He was in in, in the army, but he used to tell me stories, and I mm-hmm. thought, oh god, like that sounds really cool. You know, like it, it turned a lesson into like one of his stories in Northern Ireland or whatever. You know? <laughs> spin a dip, yeah, yeah, literally spinning dips, mate. Um, so yeah, so then I was just like in and out of jobs for a couple of years, and I thought, right, now's my time. I want, I want to join the army. I'm going to go for the parachute regiment. So obviously got my fitness up, went into, well, went into the careers office first. So you, get, you go from there. 
And then I'm literally like, you know, they 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 specifically were trying to get me to join different regiments. You know, why was that? Well, because there's a massive hate, isn't there? Like, yeah, with, with, on, yeah. with like the rest of the army. As soon as you mention your the powers, they're like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. oh, like because yeah, it is not it is an elite unit, and it is hard to get into. And I suppose that kind of the guys kind of like have that kind of like proudness and mm-hmm. of what they do. Um, but then I suppose you know there's it's, it's a bit of a more more banter and up, you know why don't you join my regiment? Be proud. They're all proud of the regiment. Yeah, of course. Day, yeah. So I was just thinking this is I was like no this is what I want to do this is what I want to go for. Um, you know went through all the the kind of intake, and then obviously army training, which was a massive shock because obviously I'm a young <laughs> lad. I'm like 17, 18 year, mm-hmm. years old at the time, eighteen years old at the time. And, you know, I weren't used to getting up at five in the morning <laughs> for, for, for scoffle, yeah. you know. But what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Used to getting up at like nine, ten, you know, just going out drinking or whatnot um, as an 18-year-old. But, yeah, you know, it was it was tough. It's, it, but, but once you get used to it, mm-hmm. once you get used to that transition from civilian to military, you start getting into the habit and it changes you, change, like kind of like moulds you, your, your character as such. Mm-hmm. Um, but as yourself, you know you've got uh, uh, your 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 test for your unit. But we, we've got obviously got P Company mm-hmm. on me as well. Uh, P Company for, for <laughs> it is hard, but as training training, I, th- I, th- I think it was like the, one of the easiest weeks in training mm-hmm. as such because you're not getting you get left alone, you're not getting beasted. Got, you do your event, you go back. You're allowed to learn, lie on the bed. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to chill out. You're not. You're not getting thrashed every two minutes because the corporal's aboard or whatever. Mm-hmm. So don't get me wrong, it is hard because it's a it's a lot on the body. But yeah, yeah that shows how yeah. well the training team's done. What then? If you find that one of the easiest weeks, oh, yeah. because they've they've got you on time, yeah. peaking yeah. to then smash what yeah. should be the hardest week, and you're like one hundred percent. And you kind of like. The corporals are kind of like, or the screws are kind of like, when you're in training, are the gods. Like you look at them, and you're like, these these guys are gods. Mm-hmm. Like they'd walk in. I remember uh, they used to do a parachute jump, and they come in and they're like, can you smell the air? And you're just like, God, I want to be you. <laughs> yeah. like, I want to be that guy. You know, he's confident. He's you just, you just love everything about him. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, like them, the, the training team. I later on became good friends with them, but um, at the time, they kind of you just respect them. It's just that massive respect for the, what these guys have done. They've been on tour. They've been to Afghan. They know what it's about, and they and you kind of respect why they're putting you through what you do because they're training you for a war war environment, a war zone. Mm-hmm. You need to be switched on. You need that. You need to be. You need to be that push that extra little bit. At the end of the day, but I I look back on training and don't get me wrong, it was hard, but I enjoy. I did enjoy it. When you look back, you think you you just think about the good times, don't you? Mm-hmm. I always think about the good times. You know, like. I remember I was a painting decorator before I kind of joined. So, but then one of the one of the corporals, uh, Corporal Lily White, weird, weirdly Lily White, but there's nothing like nice about him. Yeah, his <laughs> surname's like his flower, isn't yeah. it? And he's uh, Lily, and then he's just like <laughs> literally like I'm painting decorating door. They're making me painting decorating. I'm like, well, why, why am I doing this? <laughs> they found out I was a painting decorating training. Yeah, I've not, I've got enough, and now they're making me paint paint doors it's yeah. yeah and he's like you never thought you'd be doing this Morrison did you and I'm like well, oh yeah I used to paint decorate he's like I know 
that's why you paint decorate. <laughs> we know everything about you. Literally, yeah. like two weeks into training, I was like, all right, because you think they're your mates. They're not your mates. So they're, no. they're there to train you into to killers at the end of the day. Warriors. No, so. they are, absolutely. Yeah. And they're there yeah. to, to, to find the guys which aren't meant to be mm. there and, and, and yeah. mould the guys which are. So, 100%. what year? 2007, was that? Uh, that was 2007, yeah. Uh, signed up in August 2007 and then back in the 2007, pretty much, yeah. In. And then you passed out? Passed out in December. How much do you enjoy jumping? Love it. Yeah, I love jumping. Well, I didn't enjoy it. I don't enjoy... I never enjoyed military jumps. Most parrots don't. Line, no. Yeah, static line jumps, no. Yeah, like... You, Why? You, because it's low, the the gear's heavy, you've got a lot of gear, and you land like a sack of shit. <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Stay tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. That's all like we got taught. Yeah, 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 stay tight, stay tight. Um, You know the feeling. Look, you're out the door, you look down, and you can see the cars, and that's not a good sign mm. at all. You're like... What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> if my parachute don't jump, uh, don't open, I have like literally seconds to pull that reserve. Mm. But when you jump out, it's another story. You're like, yeah, yeah. this is fucking awesome. Mm. So then, uh, what's the what's the sort of like the give me a greatest hits of uh, of your military career then? Highs from the military. Greatest hits of, uh, I, 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 I would probably say like, oh, passing out. Like, I think that was one of the proud, that was the, one of the proudest moments of my life. Nice. But, you know, getting that, that beret, <laughs> like, like yourself, mm-hmm. and just, you know, sh- uh, one of the peak units that shook me out and said, welcome to the Airborne Brothers. And I was just like, yes, I was just like that. My chest could not get any bigger at that yeah. point. It, it, but more than that, I was just happy to make my dad proud because my dad's, oh. you know, he, he, None of my family have been in any kind of... They've been in the military, but they've not done, you know, any elite... Been in any elite regiments or anything like that. So, for me, it was a massive achievement. And it was hard, but all that hard work was worth it at that moment. Mm-hmm. That, was the, that was the... I think that was the best best moment for me. Definitely. Awesome. It is, yeah. I, yeah. I, I totally understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Because all those months of hard work accumulates oh. in that one day. It just... All that build-up to it, isn't mm-hmm. it? You know, you work so hard. It's like anything in life, isn't it? You work so hard for it and you get it and then they, there's your reward. And you're like, Do you know what? That was wor- worth it. All that hard work was great. And and generally your time in the Paris, we'll talk about yeah. your injury in a bit, uh-huh. but generally your time in the Paris, mm-hmm. loved it? Loved it. You know, like, well, when you got battalion, you're kind of like the new bloke, and you're straight away. Starting so at the like, bottom again. Starting yeah. at the bottom. And I remember looking at my mate and... I saw these like, you know, big guys, um, steely eyed dealers of death, if you like, walking around camp. And I was just like, I looked at my mate and I'm like, oh, some hard fuckers around yeah. here in there. You know, like, it's all, you know, all shapes and sizes, but, you know, but, but in, in respect, I aspired to be like that. I looked at, I looked up to him in that sense. But I, I knew myself, I'm quite a, I'm a fairly likable character. There's always people. Well, that, debatable, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair one. Yeah. There's always people that don't like you, though. Yeah, of course, yeah. In the world. And I'm just kind of like, I'll get to, like, I'll find my feet within a year. But I, you actually, I actually made most of my mates by going out, like, weirdly, because you mm-hmm. kind of, on exercise, showing you, uh, you, 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 you can soldier, mm-hmm. and going out on the smash with the boys. That's how. That's how you kind of like within a year. It was like, oh, I'm quite comfortable now. Like, I'm, I'm, then you're not the new bloke. The new bloke mm. started rolling in. 
yeah. which is, oh, thank God for that. Mm. You're not doing the shit jobs anymore and stuff like that. Um, so, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, with, with like, uh, I've spoken to a, Al last week, mm-hmm. and one thing he said was, like, how the military is such a big drinking culture. Mm. And, and and it's not always the, the best of things, but it also breaks down barriers. Yeah. There's nothing like having a few drinks with someone and you... you, you that wall of the, that defensive wall comes down and you start being a lot more open with people and they yeah. get to know the real you and yeah. you know you can you're not hiding as such anymore are you which is great but like you know like he probably would have said like the other week um it's great but then when you're you've kind of got that drinking culture and you work you work hard you play harder mm-hmm. as soon as you come out of the military like and if you're so used to drinking you're probably going to go back to that and then it could go down the other way, couldn't it? For a lot massively, me, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I know civvy's like a good drink, but when you get the mill lads together, they can't drink it. <laughs> I mean, I don't drink for months. Like some some points, I can still drink like a fish. It's a bit weird. It's like my body's kind of immune to it. Still smashing whiskey. <laughs> All that like training, t- isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's ten, like, smashing them fireball whiskeys like <laughs> ten men, mate. It's brilliant. Mind sweeping around the place. <laughs> Yeah, that's how you can ping the uh, the mill guy. I ain't taking any money out of me tonight. No, exactly. I'm still shiters. Um, okay, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about uh, obviously the, the the big sort of incident in your life, if you want to call it an incident, or you know, chapter, a new yeah. chapter. So Afghan, yeah. Afghanistan. I you know six month tour. Yeah, six month tour. I'm kind of like you know young young lads getting ready anxious excited mm. like all these emotions like all like kind of wrapped up into one really at this point i always remember going when we got to afghan and i always remember going to the the patrol base and i just remember thinking it's going to kick off straight away so i got off with my massive like bergen like house for like my whole life in there <laughs> yeah. like with, with my machine gun like that ready i thought i thought oh taliban there no it's just the local people mate yeah like, chill out but you don't know you don't get told do you just think you're just like where am i what's this mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like kind of wanting it, like, you know, wanting to do it because it's like the next step. Like you've, you've done all this training, you've done all your pre-deployment training before you go on tour and you just want to get it. You just want to go out there and and do it. Mm -hmm. We've been training for the last year and a half and we just, every scenario you could think of, we're just like, do you know what? We just want to get out there. I want to do my job now. This is what I want to do. This is what I've been training to do. And as you know, every soldier wants to go out to war weirdly. And it can be seem weird in a sense, but you know, for for me, I wanted to go. Yeah, that's a really interesting point because, mm. um, and it's not because you want to go do bad things or whatnot, but like you yeah. say, you you join the military obviously for a reason. Yeah, and then you've done all this training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got yeah. to kind of put yourself in a position then to see if you, I guess, that you can step up to the mark when yeah. you're not using. Yeah blanks anymore and it's 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 real it is it's if you could like the guys who have been to war it's kind of like the next level of respect because they've already been to afghan and whatnot and you're kind of like you're not like you know want it you're not searching for you, you just think you're just like oh, i just wonder if i can do it mm-hmm. you know because you don't know how you're going to react and uh when you get shot at at the end of the day you don't know how you're you're going to react you might just go what the hell fuck this yeah like yeah. what the what the fuck mm. But weirdly, like for, for us, I'm sure it's been different, you know, for for the people. But we kind of reacted really well, and I, all that training went went really smooth. 
when it did kind of happen. So awesome. And how and how was mm. the how was it going out there? You you were enjoying it within reason. Uh, it was hard. Was... It was hard work. I mean, you know, you know, politics aside, people don't know what kind of happens. At, at the end of the day, you're more there. For, we were there more there, like counterinsurgency. So we were there for the local people, if not. And these people have got nothing. They just want peace. They just want. Um, you know, we're supplying a lot of things for the farms and stuff like, you know, rice. So we even work with the, the Royal Military Police and some days and stuff if you're in the main patrol base. And we're, we're trying to get the Taliban out of the area, in a sense. So we're trying to protect the local people. We want to rebuild. We want to help them. So there is a sort of purpose there. But, you know, when you have a little kid come up to you and just... You know, they're speaking uh, in Pashto, but then you have the interpreter, and I'm like, oh, what they're saying? They're like, oh, they just want a school. Like, it breaks your heart at the end of the day because they've got nothing. They're still human beings. Yeah, they're still human at the end of the day. And you actually get to know that some of the local people in some areas, and it's you build you build up a little relationship with mm-hmm. them in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, whilst you're there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally yeah. get that, bro. Yeah. And then uh, the, the, the fateful day. Talk us through if you if you can. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, that fateful day, really. Like, obviously, it's like slide, sliding doors, isn't it? <laughs> it? It changes your life forever. Yeah. You know, for better or for worse. For some, you know, for me, for me, better. But that day, yeah. So we were out. I had, I had weirdly, like, you know, we've had numerous contact firefights and stuff. And as you know, like that buzz, like I've, I will never have a buzz like that ever again in my life, but I've enjoyed it. I, you know, I've been, I've, we've been training up for it. What a feeling, what a buzz. I've never, <laughs> I, it's weird to say I enjoyed because you're so close to death, but you're not in a sense and you survive and you just, that, that adrenaline that goes through you. But going to the, the day in hand, we were out with the engineers providing a uh, cordon, which is um, security. And um, they were uh, mine sweeping a path. Obviously, they spray paint either side. Um, so we got this little area. So we're kind of going in this area where there's a compound, there's a house, but we're going to mine sweep it so we can kind of. Um, and it's not a big, big area. It's probably like a good two, you know, detached houses together. The size, so it's quite a fairly big compound space. Um, so we're going into this area, it's obviously tight, there's no ground sign, which obviously your spidey senses go up straight away, so mm-hmm. you think there's, there's IDs in there, definitely. And the engineers, obviously, because it rained the night before, but like that, we should not have been out. But the OC was kind of like, You got to go out, we need that area. Um, they missed it, they've missed the ID, me not knowing that I was kneeling down at the time and I was directly on top of it. I was, um, at the time, a few minutes before it happened, I was um, just saying to my mate, look at, check the murder holes out in case they, you know, anyone walks by and decides to have a little pop. Um, he's, you know, a few metres at the side of me. Got an engineer geezer uh, dude at the side of the compound and a couple of my mates are actually on the roof. So I'm, Going, waiting to get on the roof to, to provide overwatch and they're just still clearing at this time um, and literally they say smoking don't kill but literally like <laughs> yeah oh can you uh, pass, me a, pass me a cigarette <laughs> did toy South Africans dude yeah yeah sure literally uh, I think a few seconds later while well, I'm just about to to light up boom and I remember 
And you know, when they say, you know, when instances like that happen and they say time kind of slows down mm -hmm. a little bit. And I remember seeing the top of the compound and I knew I'd been blown up. I knew in that instance. And then I remember being on the ground. Um, obviously, it's dusty at this point, mm -hmm. as you could imagine. And I could hear some people screaming, but it's my friends, but they've been blown off to the to the, the side of the compounds in different directions. And I was the one going, check yourselves over, make sure you're right. Whilst I was doing that, I was going through my drills, check for any internal bleeding and whatnot. So my glove was off. Uh, my day sacks flew, flew off. My machine, um, my LMG's, God knows, my mini-me's gone. God knows where it's gone. Mm -hmm. And I'm checking myself over. But initially, I lift up and have a little look down in the man department. And I remember seeing that it was all intact. And I remember thinking, fuck my legs. I don't care. I know I've been blown up, but that, 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 the crown jewels are there. Yeah. I'm good to go. I'm happy, mate. I'm, I'm happy. That's all I thought at that Anything time. Anything that plus that is a bonus. Oh, because, yeah. you know, we didn't. We were only had ballistic boxes at that time. Mm -hmm. We were waiting for, like, the uh, the bomb-proof um, bomb pants yeah. to come through, which came out the, the day after it got blown up. Brilliant. Thumbs up all yeah. around, right? And then, um, so I'm just like, I'm still shouting at this point, going, lads, check yourselves over. Um, I've been blown up, but just make sure, you know, you're okay. Because I was more concerned about my friends. Mm -hmm. The dust kind of settles, and I looked, I peered, and I thought, right, I need to like kind of move. So I moved, but I felt a massive burning sensation stinging on the um, on my left leg. I looked down, I had a peek, and I saw my leg was completely off. And I saw my, other, my right leg as well got pretty bad. Like, I'd, I think uh, I had most of my leg, most of my leg was blown. And I was quite lucky to keep my, my right leg in, 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 in effect. Yeah. And then I'm just like assessing the situation at the time. I'm like, right, medic. So then I shout for the medic, and the lads are like, "Who's been, like, who is it?" And I'm like, Morrison, you know. So they're like, right, okay, hold on, we're gonna get someone there. We need to check for ID. Yeah, no, I'm just like, no worries. And I'm just like lying there, just I'm completely staying completely still. But what was going through your mind now that you've kind of you've you've, you've seen the injuries? I was just like. Literally, I put it. It's, it's, it's that military aspect, isn't it? I kind of put it into blocks. I'm like, right, I've been blown up. Right, how can I? I'm like, stay calm, and I need help. So medic, and I'm just waiting. But I'm just. I think the adrenaline was pumping at this stage. I really did not feel my leg. They kept talking to me, and I was shouting to them, keep talking to me. So it's mm -hmm. taken my mind off it. Uh, the medic's obviously there. And it was quite, you know, it's quite, it's, you know, it's quite funny actually, really, because he's, uh, he's on his knees, and like by the time he got to me, he's on his knees, and he's like, "I'm gonna get you through this," like sweating. And I'm <laughs> yes. just like, I just do like the Brecken hand at him, you know, four fingers, and yeah. I'm like, get a grip of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Made him feel that big, like, yeah. And he's like looking at me, kind of like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. And he's like, "Do you want morphine?" I'm like, "What do you think, mate?" Like, Roger. And then he. Um, Gets the uh, morphine straight in um, because obviously I could feel I could feel like the pain was starting to come at this point a little bit. I mean, it's a massive trauma and you don't feel it. like you feel a cut, don't you? Mm -hmm. But when it's something been blown off or a massive injury trauma, they, and it's true, you do not feel it straight away because your body can't react. But when your body starts going, okay, what's happened? It starts being immense pain, mm -hmm. and I could start to feel that a little bit. So I was like, yeah, I want morphine, and then. Um, the guys got me, um, obviously, they got me safe. Obviously, like, you know, they got the stretcher, like, my legs hanging off or whatever. My mates, 
later I heard my mate's got my like foot in his day sack, you know, joking, wow. joking apart. Yeah. Like, and how he found out, he actually said, like, my foot landed next to him, and he's like, well, who's, who's is that? And then he looks and saw my zap number mm. on the bottom of my boot, and he's like, um, obviously, you know, zap number is like a surname, so he's like, it's Morrison. Fucking hell. And then obviously, he got my foot, and then, you know, Obviously, they have to take it in, so he wrapped it up and then put it in, in his day sap. But what about the other guys which were near you, which went when it when it went off? Um, Any injuries? No injuries. So um, uh, the guy who was next to me, the toy who gave me the cigarette, actually had a bit of a fragmentation. So he had a bit of um, frag on his face and whatnot. Okay. Um, so he was like, "Oh my brooks!" He's South African, yeah. so he's like bleeding everywhere. But he was um, he was okay. Like he had a fit of frag in his face and stuff. He had to go to Bastion to like get that sorted. But everyone else was okay. They they got they got blasted off. I took the main impact mm-hmm. on, like from the area. They got blasted. So in a sense, happy days because mm. you know someone else could have got something and then it could have been like the bad news really, couldn't it? Yeah. So, um, and they got me to the stretcher, and then one of the medics, Danny, uh, came over. Uh, para para lad, but. You know, full it. Um, you, you get you get med qualified, don't you? You know your basics. But he obviously went in depth with it. So he's the main medic guy with us. And he's like, and I'm like, Danny, 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 check my bollocks, check my bollocks. And he looks up and he's like, I don't want you fucking moan. He's like, it's still there. I don't want you moaning. I don't want you moaning at. I don't want you moaning about anyway. And I look at him and I'm like, well, you haven't seen him when it's angry, have you, Danny? <laughs> And he's, awesome. like, and he's like, you wanker. And I'm like, you got a cigarette? And he's like, of course I have. <laughs> I'm not there in clip, mate. Just having a cigarette. Like, whatever. I'm just like, my leg's been blown off. So I'm a bit more fiend up at this point. Yeah, as well. yeah. So. Feeling the effects. Feeling the effects. But even though the morphine was kicking in, my mates kept coming off as like checking me within the time frame waiting for the, um, the, the, the MERT, mm-hmm. uh, emergency medical response, response team. team. Yeah. yeah. Waiting for that to come through. Um, and I was just like, you know, that they, they, they were good. So I was just like, they kept checking me over. And, and, and again, like all that training came in effect when you look back at it, because you were, you were constantly doing it and doing it and doing it in like any kind of scenario. And at that time they were doing, doing their drills as well, which is always good to see. And then, um, the Merc came down, the helicopters came down and they provided a cordon around the area. Cause obviously, as you know, if you're in a static location, Taliban tend to like kind of kick off. Mm-hmm. But luckily, uh, they probably weren't in the area that day, so could have been a whole lot. It worse. could have been a lot worse yeah. for a lot more injuries. Yeah, um, they got me on the mat, and obviously, like the, you know, the doctors about four or five doctors on there. And I remember the guy was just like, "Right, we're going to put you to sleep now." And I was just like, "Thumbs up, good to go." And he just literally presses button, and boom, I was literally gone for five days sedated for five days but they did like obviously put me obviously uh, they induced me out of it Mm -hmm. out of the um can't remember the word now when they put you into the sedated they sedated Mm -hmm. me they they got me out of the sedate uh, the sedate and then literally i remember a nurse telling me to cough 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 because all the all the dust must have got into my lungs okay yeah so i'm coughing it all out which I didn't know at the time, and I kept a little slight case of pneumonia because all the dust went into me. And obviously, it collapsed my lungs a little bit. Okay. Um, and then I also remember, like, it must have been about a few days later, because it was five days I was sedated for, and then a few days later, I remember being actually in Birmingham, but because I was still sedated, I remember I, I was, like, dreaming that I was on a stretcher, but then I saw 
members of my family at the side of me, like talking to me. But later on, I realised they woke me up trying to get me out of get me out of um, out of sleep. Mm-hmm. And then I actually remember seeing them. But obviously, my eyes are probably rolling everywhere, and I'm so drugged up. But I actually remember seeing them. But I thought I was on a stretcher, and then I thought they were carrying me along to a next person. And then I saw another part of my family, and then I went to a next yeah. person. I remember seeing my girlfriends at the time, uh, mum. Like it's it's quite a weird, it's weird bet, feeling. Man. But then I think yeah, if you kind of round it off, about a few days later, I woke up in a hospital bed. Little Birmingham lass was sitting there, like you know, bless her. Literally was about five foot nothing, and she was kind of there and um, just just peering over the bed. And she was literally like, "You're right, mate." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm good." <laughs> High as a kite. Do you know where you are? And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm an Afghan. I'm Camp Bastion." No, you're not. And I'm like, "What? What do you mean I'm not here?" Looked out the window, and then I realised I'm like, "Ah, oh, okay, I'm in England." Like. Where and she's like, I'm like, what? What the hell am I doing here? And then, um, yeah, and then like, I, I I woke up and I had all these things around my face. Cause I think I had a, quite a bit of frag going my hands as mm-hmm. well. Um, I woke up with a little bit of a a little tash as well, which which I later realised my friends shaved me, but left me a little tash. Oh, like awesome! A little porno tash. Mm-hmm. I'm a, it's, that was a bit of morale. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then I kind of waited there for three hours. I had to sh- I shaved myself because I was just like, no, no, I'm shaving myself. But it took me, it took me three hours. No, sorry, two hours to shave, literally just my beard off. Um. Okay, so once you've sort of like you've you've come out of that sort of like sleepy, drugged up phase, yeah, and the realization hits of what's happened, yeah. What what what's what's going through your mind, man? God, yeah. Do you know what? I've never been asked that question. Really? But seriously, I've actually never thought about it. Um, but I suppose when I woke up, when I I, I literally wake up, not not it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But I remember waking up and I remember thinking, and I was calm. Like I was just like, I'm home. I am home. You know, that's that's the main thing for me. Like, you know, I, I'm I'm not. I'm still here. I remember just thinking, I'm still here. And I was just all I wanted to do is see my family. So I heard my family come in. I was like, all right. The nurses kept coming and checking on me. And then I just waited for them to come. They, they obviously heard I was awake. Mm-hmm. And then I just like, you know, you could tell they're a bit teary when, when they come to see me. But I was like, it's all right. Like, I'm okay. And I made a little joke with my mum and my dad. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to have a wooden leg now, aren't I? So I'm like a pirate. <laughs> Not knowing about the prosthetics or anything. Yeah. <laughs> and they instantly knew that I, I was all right at that time. They thought... Cracking funnies. Luke, yeah, if Luke's all right. Because I think they're more worried how it'd be, if anything. And thought, God, he's going to wake up. He's gonna, is he going to let it affect him? Or how's he going to be? And I was, yeah, I was pretty cool. I was just happy to be home, I suppose. Awesome, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a great way of kind of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, positive outlook. Yeah. yeah. So what, what, what follows that then? What's the next few months like? So the next six weeks, I was in Headley Court. Um, not Headley Court, sorry. I was in jumping ahead here I was in Queen Elizabeth um, but again so I'm in the ICU intensive care unit at the start and then another another uh, one, of, one of my fellow paras was there uh, which I didn't know at the time because he was a different company than me but he just lost both his legs and I remember he was he was sound but I remember just like being drugged up still I think he kind of warified a little bit I was like yeah we're going to get through this hmm. don't you worry and his like, girlfriend kind of looked at me a little bit weird but 
definitely definitely the drugs and you know yeah, you back home and whatnot um and then i went to like a normal ward where he was there as well and, and my mate was there. one of my mates was there who literally got um blown up five days prior um to my incident mm. and he, i was just happy to see him and he was happy to see me yeah. and i was like mate you're all right not you know and it was quite a bit of a morale boost in, in a mm-hmm. sense uh, but but we were cracking funnies all the time you know like you know, the, ner- the nurses loved us. We were kind of like doing wheelchair, like as soon as we were in our wheelchairs, we were like knit wheelchair races and we were, we didn't, I didn't know at the time, but we were there, we were always the favourite bay. Yeah. Like, like little bay that they went into. And we we're like waking up in the morning, we're like naked water or we'll be like there naked reading a newspaper, putting our little stumps up and stuff like that. So it was massive morale. Like, and you know, the blokes didn't care. None of us did. We had a, uh engineer across the room from me had scott uh, a lad called scott who was uh the opposite side of the room but around the corner my mate uh, ryan gray was the left hand side of me so that was just morale for six weeks if anything mm-hmm. but it was just operation after operation after operation so you just get in they're doing operations obviously to like skin graft on your on your legs or um god knows i didn't i had like i think i had 12 operations really yeah when I was there. And then from that, from Birmingham, it was a go home. So I was still wheelchair, I was still wheelchair based at the minute, which is a massive thing. Because you've gone from your bed with God knows how many wires in mm-hmm. you and whatnot, catheters, the lot. You know, so you've, been, you've gone from like a mega independent, proud, you know, warrior, if you like. Yeah. Into somebody who can't do anything for themselves. I mean, yeah, you, you, you had to have bed baths a lot, and then obviously you build yourself up. And then before you know, it, you're in a wheelchair. Before you know it, you're kind of showering yourself, and then yeah. So it's just it's it's a stepping stage at this point. And then you so then we went home for after six weeks, and then I was home for three weeks, and then I had my first admission at Headley Court. Uh, still wheelchair at the minute. Mm-hmm. So they got me down there. They, they got a driver for us. Went down there, not knowing to what, what to expect. But I was actually amazed. I remember going there and seeing. Obviously, you got all these different, you know, wounded veterans, mm. lim- limbs, uh, you know, gunshot wounds, all types of different injuries. Some worse than others, but some. And he- he- there's always somebody worse than somebody yeah. else. And I was amazed by it. It was like. For me, it was like Robocop City, and I remember a guy who had he was a, he was a above the knee amputee, and I remember, I said to him, I was like, "It's a Gurkha dude." I was like, "Mate," I was like, "Am I going to get a leg like that?" And he looks at me and he's like, "No," because you're below the knee. And I was like, something inside me was a little bit gutted because I was like, oh, "Fucking, that looks cool as fuck." Damn <laughs> <laughs> it! I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "Oh, fair one." Never mind. Yeah, but it made me laugh as well. Um, because I remember that one of my mates got injured and he's a triple amputee. Um, the dude, the dude before this uh, podcast, I told you about a uh, triple amp, a South African mm-hmm. dude. And I obviously heard he's got injured and it was like, he's been injured for about two years now. So he's walking and stuff. And he, and he had such a, he's got, you know, I mentioned he got a dry sense of humor. Yeah. So I rock up in my wheelchair, um, at a kind of like a, you know, assembly as such in the morning or parade if you like so yeah. it's kind of like a little parade we're not school anymore yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah what's that about <laughs> and then um 
he rocks it. He walks to me, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, King, oh, mate, I'm so happy to see you. How are you doing? He looks me up and down and goes, Bookshe, and then walks off. And I was like, oh, good to see you too. <laughs> but he did message me when I was in hospital, like, how's your Bookshe injury? Yeah. Bands are straight away. Do you know what I mean? No sympathy. That's what you need as well. Yes, yeah, exactly what you need. You don't want people being, you're right. Which, which unfortunately I, you, I did get when I went home you know like what from your family not or more from, so your friends more people because obviously you know I'm from a small town so I'm big news at this time like you know Afghans going on you know blokes getting injured um, people are you know getting uh, killed in action as well and I'm I'm a local lad mm. who's been injured in Afghanistan so it's big news. So I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, I've been like six weeks running in the local paper or whatnot. Um, but obviously everyone knows who I am. I don't know. I'm, I'm walking, I'm, you know, and then people are coming up to me like, they just look sad. And obviously me being me, I'm like, don't, don't. And, like, and you know, they're like, what, what? And I'm like, don't be, don't feel sad for me. Why are you sad? Why are you sad? Yeah. Don't feel bad for me. And they just don't get it. They just don't get it. I'd rather go and... Like, you know, like my mili- when I was in hospital, my military mates would come and see me and they'd give me like a pair of socks or something. And I'm like, legends. That's the sort of, that's the yeah. sort of crap you need, weirdly. Yeah. Straight away, that military humour, exactly what you want. Don't get me wrong, like, my mates who knew me, who were close civilian mates, were great. They were, they were, you're allowed, you know, they were fine. They, they, they knew I was okay. It was more generally people, I suppose, who just feel bad for you straight away because they think oh oh he's lost a leg oh my god it's a, it's so terrible they probably don't know how to act around you as well because it's not very often yeah. you, you come across someone who has suffered an injury like that and yeah. what you don't want to say the wrong thing yeah. you don't want to upset them you don't want to offend them yeah so they're kind of like what's the default setting for talking to you 100 so i'd make so i make it like i go straight in i'll be like don't feel bad for me and i'll make sure sh- i'll make sure i let them know i'm all right so they would so they wouldn't feel bad mm. and you know, for me, like some, you know, for me, I was just like, I've got to let let them know that I'm all right. So I, I straight away let them know that I was all right because I respected that because people were being a bit cautious how they're kind mm. of tiptoeing. So I weren't, I weren't, you know, going, oh, don't feel sort of shouting or anything. I was just like, no, like, you know, I'll just let you know I'm I'm good. I'll tell them straight away. Awesome. Before they, so they felt, so they could talk to me about it. They went and if they wanted to know what happened to me, and I think for me, that's how I, because I was very open about how it happened how my injury happened and stuff like that i think that's i think it was quite good if i think if i you know if you bottled it bottled mm. it up i think it might have affected me so i think because i was so open with it and i let people know if they wanted to know how like how my injury happened i'd be like yeah like pull up a chair mate like let's uh wow. let's talk about it yeah if they were generally interested obviously so yeah Fucking yeah it's cool man really cool and then um so you've you've you you're getting used to life mm-hmm. having a prosthetic. Yeah. Uh, where where are we going? What because obviously then yeah, the charities so... you, you got involved with the charities. Yeah, yeah. So like I'm I'm kind of like, you know, it's like when I first got my, my prosthetic leg, like because I had quite a bad bit of injury to my right leg, so I was taking a little bit longer than say a guy who just lost his leg okay. below the knee, yep. which it weren't a problem. Because I was like smashing the fitness anyway every day, and I was like go, doing what I could do, and I was always progressing step by step. Um, so it probably took me like it, it didn't seem that long really. Anyway, from my injury, I was on my leg within three months, but then I had crutches, 
And then after that, it was kind of like uh, you had two walking sticks and then you had one walking stick. Mm -hmm. Then it's kind of like, right, and you're on your own. And then it's you progress from there. So, um, yeah, but I would say like, you know, for most amputees, because your stump shrinks as well. So if you, from we you get your leg, you, you, your stump's massive. When, when you've had your, even amputation, hmm. uh, elective amputation if, as such, or, you know, say people have got cancer, their stump would be quite big and it will naturally shrink over time. And because your body's kind is of... That just, is that atrophy of the muscle just Yeah, it just kind like of like swells up and it's like your body's just kind of like, what's going on? And then your body kind of adapts to it and mm -hmm. it kind of shrinks and gets used to your socket and whatnot and... And you still get smaller and smaller and smaller within about a year. Mm -hmm. And then I would say it takes about three to four years for you to be really used to it. Because at oh. the start, amputees are kind of like, they'll be active, but they won't go, say, like within a year, they won't be going, oh, hill walking again. Mm. It'll be like probably within two, three years. But then they're going to get rubs and it's, it's a new thing, isn't it? They've got to get used to having, um, like, you know, carbon fiber yeah. on your leg. It's not natural, is it? So, you know, especially if you're in oh, the humidity or sports mm -hmm. as well. And, and as well as that, it didn't really, they didn't really like tell us about that, which I found quite what shocking. They didn't. You kind of learn off the off the off the lads, mm -hmm. off the blokes. They're kind of like, yeah, mate. So I kind of do this when I get a rub, or I kind of do this. But I kind of I did my own thing. I just found ways. I suppose, suppose you're kind of being proactive with it, and you're like, right, because you're not always there, and you don't you don't want to complain because you're a soldier still. At the end of the day, you never want to go. You never want to ask for help, <laughs> which is a massive like yeah. thing in it. Really, mm. you never want to ask for help. But obviously, you know, now it's like, if I needed help with something, I'd be like, tell me how to do it. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd kind of like get me ego pushed that aside. As you get older, yeah, one hundred percent smaller. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, 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 yeah one hundred percent, and then. You know, criticism as well. You, you take it, didn't you? Constructive criticism, I'll take it all day long. Mm -hmm. If someone knows what they're doing, I'll take it. Before, I'll be like, "Yeah, shut up, mate. Whatever. I know better." Like, you just think yeah. you just think you're cool as fuck. Don't yeah, you? man, <laughs> you've, you've nailed it there, dude. Absolutely. Especially yeah. when you've got that title of "I'm a paratrooper. I'm a bootneck." Yeah, one hundred percent. Don't you know what I've been through or, or whatever? And you, you, yeah, you've mate. got like a chip on your shoulder. You but anyway, you, you think you're bulletproof? Don't yeah, yeah, basically. absolutely. Chest out. You think nothing can touch you. That's the that's the thing. But you soon grow apart of that, mm -hmm. and you realise, and then you just. But the best thing to do, I did, is like when I when I grew up a little bit, I just like take all the positives out of that, and then just put into whatever you're doing, and you just progress and just become a better person for it, or progress your, yourself and level yourself up if you like. Yeah, yeah. Be the best person you can be. Um, Love it. Where was I? With what we're we doing? So, uh, we're so already... the charities, you, you obviously you get involved yeah. into certain charities. Yeah. Yeah, so like I got involved with um, a charity called um, Blesma, mm -hmm. which is known as British Limbless Ex Servicemen's Association, which is like an amputee's like absolutely, that charity is amazing. They've mm -hmm. been around since like World War Two, like with the history of it. So you know the guys in World War Two, there's a lot of amputees, yeah. Northern Ireland and whatnot. They've been involved since then. I never heard about it. No, I've never heard of them until today. Yeah, yeah. So some guy just kind of rocks up and he's like an amputee, and he's like, you know. We, you need you need to be part of this charity because they'll do everything for they're, they're great they are great every every amputee you'll ever meet will be part of that they'll make sure of it but the good thing is as well what they, they did recently in the last five ten years it's not just amputees that have been with them as well they've kind of um 
they've been with uh, they go with wheelchair users as well. Mm-hmm. So it's loss of limb or loss of leg use, uh, which is okay. quite good. Yeah, because there because there was a massive fight about that. Was there? Yeah, there's which is stupid as really, isn't it? If you lost all right, you lost an um, you, you you're limbless, but you or you got your limbs, but you can't walk. You're not part of Blesma. It's unfair because the charity is a major. That's putting people into boxes again. Oh, and it's yeah, like really, it's yeah. like hang on, guys. Yeah. But we're getting better. I think Good. time goes by. But that, yeah, I, I went on a trip with them. Um, first trip, I remember, I think it was like 2014, I believe. They're like, you know, I kind of got up with that charity and I thought, oh, I've been meaning to do it for a few years. I kind of transitioned myself and I'm like, oh, well, you know, this, this charity is doing, a, doing trips for amputees. I should get amongst this. So I'm like, right. What have they got? To, like, you know what they've got, they've got, to, got to offer? What? Skydiving? Yes. I want a bit of that. So, you know, I put it down in the post. Within weeks, I got a call off uh, the guy who runs the course. And he's like, would you He's like, you could, would you be willing to come down and uh, go in the wind tunnel when you see if you're suitable? <laughs> yes, I do, mm. mate. <laughs> you don't have to ask me twice. Yeah. So I was straight down there. Wind tunnel. Yep, yeah, you're good. We like, we like, you know, we, we, you're you're suitable candidate for this. Um, California is in March, mega. Well, you know, like what an opportunity. Mm. So we're flying to California. Don't get me wrong, mate. I remember flying there, thinking, like, I, you know, I've jumped out of planes, but I'm like, I'm gonna like fucking be jumping out of a lot of planes. I'm still like think, thinking about it as I'm flying. And we got there, and I remember we had like a, a waiver, an interview, and I remember being nervous as fuck this, mm-hmm. this woman skydive was like interviewing me going so you've got you know any, anything bad happens because obviously it's quite a dangerous sport mm-hmm. in in respect well it's dangerous if you don't as it can be i suppose as any sport that's an extreme sport at, at, yeah. for an extreme sport yeah um and i remember my first ever jump i had two uh uh instructors who were army commando lads actually i think they were like five, they're, they're good lads and they were like, oh, airborne, going airborne again here. And I'm like, looked at them and I'm just like, yeah. They're like, how are you feeling? I'm like, yeah, right. Mate, oh, shit. On the inside. I was yeah. like, I weren't going to show them that though. And I'm like that to the door, shaking a little mm-hmm. bit towards the door. As I go towards the door and I'm just like, <laughs> and they're like, but obviously we went through all the drills and stuff like that. Right, yep, yeah, good, good, good. Three, two, one. And then as soon as I jumped out, mate, I'm like, I was just like the biggest grin on my face ever. And they are, they're obviously like flying with me, making sure I was all good. So mm. they're kind of like attached to you. So they're, uh, you've got like little um, tubes on your arms and legs. So they're grabbing onto them, making sure I'm okay uh, whilst you're learning. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, they're like looking at me, trying to get my attention, like, you know, <laughs> concentrate. Yeah. And I'm like, yep, yep, and then drills. And then I always remember that, mate. And I'm like, fucking hell, I loved it. It was great. Not that like I weren't nervous a second jump um, when I was learning. But oh fuck me, it was it was, it was good. It was so good. And then um, yeah, and then I've just been doing that as much as I can with that. So you got fully called on that. Fully called, mate. I smashed that out. I was I was the first lad actually to like. I just smashed all my little jumps out. So you kind of um, the instructors are with you, and then by the temperature, uh, by their like eighth jump, they go give you a little test. They're like, right, you do ten jumps on your own. Uh, it's kind of like one say one of the jumps is like kind of like you got to go backwards out of the plane, and then another jump's kind of like you got to tuck yourself like a ball with your hands mm-hmm. on your knees and wrap yourself for ten seconds. But you do it yourself, so you kind of like get out of there and t- like turn. And obviously, it's amazing. Like you know, I'm in California, we're on a sunset low jump, 
I'm flying What's down. What's the height you jump at? Uh, in California, they do 16,000 feet. Fuck. In the UK, it's 13. But that's America, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? always bigger and better. Oh, yeah. all the time. But, you know, you fly out of big-ass like, airplane caravans and stuff like that. So, But there's no, no feeling like, you know, the sunset load. I'm kind of like going down. And I'm like, I remember sitting there, mate. And I remember I went between these two clouds. And then there's this massive valley. And I'm at sunset, California. And I just thought, I remember whilst I'm in free fall, this is, I, I felt like chilled, weirdly chilled. Yeah. I'm like, this is cool. And then to go down there and then you make like hand you a beer and I'm like, oh, mate. Living the dream. Living the dream, bro. It was cool. I mean, we had, you know, all types of guys with different regiments. We had a Marine uh, with us, my mate, who's a triple amputee, which is quite funny as well because we, uh, you know, the, the Americans are like, they're quite ecstatic, aren't they? And we, <laughs> we kind of came down. Um, and the, uh, one of the packers who packing the parachute is like, oh, God damn, how, <clears throat> how'd you find that jump? And we're like, yeah, good, mate. He's like, I was expecting a woohoo, <laughs> and I'm, and my mate just looked at me like we're British. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And I'm like, yeah, but that's how we are, right? Yeah, yeah. But we are, you know, we're not as ex- in in your face, I suppose. But they're cool. They were really cool guys. Um, yeah, we had all types of regiments mate with us on that one. It was good. And what else did you yeah, get up to on that trip? Uh, we were like uh, skydiving. Uh, we kind of went round. We had a few nights out, obviously, as you do. San Diego, mm-hmm. uh, Gaslamp Street, which was fun. I think we went to, to uh, it's not it's not Temecula. I think that might be in Mexico because we're quite close to the border. Mm-hmm. But we went to like a, a town near there, but we were just there to skydive. We're skydiving and having a few beers every night and stuff wow. like that. And then at the weekend, we had, we're like skydiving all day. Then we'd, we'd go out. So we had a few, yeah, it was good. And it, yeah. was that... Obviously, that's that's found a passion of skydiving. Now. Oh yeah, yeah. Did that trigger the the sort of like the want to start travelling more as well? Yeah, I one hundred percent. So, as you know, been in the military, you're travelling, you're on the go all the time, aren't you? So I was kind of like, you know, got home and I'm I'm transitioning myself. I'm I'm personal training qualified now. Um, I'm working quite a lot, and then I've started to. That's my first little trip, and then I'm like, all oh, right, like. And my mate kind of rings me and he's like, do you want to, do you want to go on a fancy going on Route 66? Yeah, mate. Like, so I went on that. That's, you know, kind of with a charity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before you know it, I'm kind of like, I was scuba diving in Egypt, getting all my qualifications for that. And I went quite a few times with that, like shipwreck diving, getting my shipwreck quals. Um, which is amazing. Egypt's like, I think that's the best place I've mm-hmm. dived, to be fair, at, at the minute. But that's that, but that's you know these them two sports of like skydiving and scuba diving made me want to like go oh I can do this around the world like I can mm-hmm. I can kind of like travel with this a little bit so I remember I met my one time I, I actually like you know we've all been there I went through a I, I kind of had the back of my mind oh I really want to go away and my mate was going Thailand at the time and then. Um, I remember, like, I didn't go because I, did, I was with this girl and then, like, we, we broke up bad. And so I went straight on the blower, mate. And I'm like, mate, when are you going to Thailand? Mm-hmm. And he's like, next week. And I'm like, right, I'm coming with you. And then after being, we, we kind of trekked around the um, quite a few of the islands and went all over the place uh, with my friend. But after that, I thought, oh, you know what? Like, really want to go on my own. Um, but as you can imagine, I'm thinking... 
oh, yeah, but then what if one of my leg breaks? And yeah. then, you know, what if I don't, I can't like, go to my prosthetic centre if this happens and I don't know how to attach my leg if this goes wrong. Um, but then, you know, I thought, right, one day, uh, I was sitting there one day and I kind of like measured it up and I thought, right, I really want to, I really want to do this. So I kind of booked, I thought, right, I'm going to do it. So I booked a trip with about three months time prior and I'm like, to Thailand, I thought, right, I'm going to go to Thailand because I loved it with my mate. I thought, right, I'm going to go on my own. I want to, I want to go on the, I want to do the fitness sort of side. I want to go scuba diving. Um, there weren't any skydiving, so I was like, okay, that's off the list. But I just really want to check it out and get like and, and go uh, get amongst the culture as well mm-hmm. and see what it's all about. Because I was just kind of partying with my mate last time, mm-hmm. so I was just like, right, I need to do it by myself. Because as you know, when you were your mate, or you, like you just like look at each other, you're like, shall we? Yeah. And it's just like you have one drink. You, right? you literally just look at each other, and you're just like, we're going out again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. So yeah, so I packed my legs, and I kind of I, I set myself up for every kind of scenario. Packed your legs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally, and that's what weighed the most in my suitcase as well. Literally, that that came up to twelve, I think twelve kilograms. And what I did, I put a few pairs of shorts in, a few tank tops, some medical supplies, Allen keys for my legs, because at that, that time, I know, right? Yeah. I had to kind of think about it, and I thought, right, I need antibiotics as well in case I get a bit of a rub and a bit of an infection. I took inodine things, like when I get a rub as well, just in case I get, yeah, in case I get a carbon rub, I can kind of rub that so I don't get an infection. And kind of, um, that won't that'll stop an infection getting in if, if I had to go down that route. Because once you get a little rub on your leg, it was just like, Oh, here it comes. Escalates quite quickly. The, yeah, it? it does go quite quick. You can have the tiniest little like mark on your leg, and to put that sock in mm. would be like you'd be like uh, it would be like um like a real bad blister. And they're never fun. Ah, exactly. Yeah. And then you think, oh, when you can't put your leg on, you can't walk. You know. So I thought I did. Th- I did think, do I need my crutches? But I kind of set myself up. So I was just like, look, if I have a bad day. It's cool. I just, you know, I'll be, I'll make sure I'm okay, and I'll just chill out for a day or two. And as long as I can walk a little bit, I can get food. And I always set myself up for every kind of worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So I was in a hotel room, I'd be like, right, I've got, I've got everything here I need. I can always order room service mm-hmm. and hop and just go, yeah, hey, yeah. cheers. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was a massive eye opener for me, and that was a massive confidence booster. I think when awesome. I went whilst I was, whilst I did it, because I kind of went rounds and you know. Uh, Thailand, as you know, it's a friend, the land of smiles. It's a friendly place. So I went all around on my own. I met some friends on the way as well. Uh, went up to north and north of Thailand and did kind of like the cultural stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the scuba diving. Went around the islands. I just sat there. I get like sat there on the beach and I'm like, oh man, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Like I'm traveling. Like I'm, you know, I was going to go to the full moon party that night. I didn't drink. You know, sometimes I have a couple of beers, but I went out sometimes and even drink. Mm. Just wanted to like experience it. And I sat there and I'm like, just looking over to another island and I thought, oh, I just felt chilled, man. It was, oh, it's amazing. Awesome. It's so cool. But after that trip, oh, I got the bug, as you could imagine. I was just like, man. And after that, I was just kind of like, right, you know, I'd be, I'd be here one minute. And then it was literally like one month I'll be here. And then next month I'm like, people are like, oh, mate, can you, uh, are you about tomorrow? Nah, mate, I'm at the airport. Where are you going? Memphis. What? Oh. Hey, I'm going Memphis, mate. You know, and I, because I, I, I used to love Elvis as a kid. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, so you've got to go. I've got to go and see, yeah. I've got to go Graceland. So I did, 
that was an awesome trip. I kind of rocked up and then I realised I didn't have a car and I'm like, right, I need a car. So I went over to uh, the, the, the reception and there's a woman there and she's like, oh, you need to um, you need to do it online. So I went outside, got Wi-Fi, quickly did it online and then uh, got, 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 she's like, okay, you got a car, bog standard car, mate. Went up to the escalator and then literally there was a, uh, there was a little, there's a dude there, like, a, and he was literally like, hey, man, he's like, he's like, fuck that car. Do you want to upgrade to an SUV? And I'm like, yeah. Obviously. Yeah, like, is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, ah, actually, man, I've got, a, I've got a better thing for you. He's like, no, he's like, you don't have to pay any more. He goes, what about that Dodge Charger? And I'm like, man. I'm like, yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. I'm like, so I went in this Dodge Charger, mate, and then the, the woman who, who came reception came up the escalator, and then she's like, you gave him the Dodge Charger? <laughs> Look at his face. And I'm like, smiling at her, like, see you later. Fucking <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Hang on. No, sorry, mate. I was like, see you later. Yeah. And he's like, he's like that, like, yeah, like waving. You awesome. Know, oh, the, the Americans are cool, aren't they? Yeah. You know, people. They get a lot of hate, but. Oh, man, they're, they're cool. pretty cool people. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you go in the world, man. They're like, you get, you get, you get people. Everyone thinks the same, I think. Like, when you go around the world, everyone thinks the same. Like, you got. I've met people who are Thai, and I'm thinking, you, you're quite like my mate in ways. But people just think, oh, they stereotype people, I think, yeah. don't they? 100%. Everyone is the same. No all, we are all human yeah, beings. No matter where you, like, how you got brought up and stuff. Like We've all got the same wants, the yeah, same needs, exactly. same fears. Exactly. Yeah. No matter how you, like, you know, you'd be, there's people, you know, when I've been around the world, there's people in poverty, and I meet them, and I'm like, God, you, you think about, there's not more to say is there they're, mm. they're the same yeah everyone's the same bro so you love traveling yeah you love skydiving yeah what yeah. are you doing now what, what 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 have you got planned so um i've say i came back in i did come like home in like november but then i was kind of around for christmas 2019 yeah 2019 i did go colorado though luckily so managed i managed to go like snowboarding for like about six, seven days. That was cool, man. Because okay. that was another thing I wanted to do. I was like, I need to learn how to... to, to I, was, I used to snowboard, mm -hmm. but I was always kind of like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that again. I thought I need to give it a go. It was a lot harder work as an amputee. I bet. Oh, man. But it was fun, man. It was cool. But yeah, the future. So for me, um, I'm drone operating quite a bit now, um, which I like, because obviously that kind of came in when we're travelling. So whilst I was travelling, I was in Kuala Lumpur and I'm kind of like, uh, my mate lives in Kuala Lumpur and I'm like, oh man, I want a drone. And, he's, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to get a drone, dude. So I went out, got a drone, mm -hmm. got the, the Mavic Air and I was travelling around with that and I kind of self-taught myself with that. And then I remember I came home and then I was just like, fuck man, like, I love this shit. Like, and it's quite a, quite a niche market. So... You know, um, so now, yeah, I do do a little for a little bit of work. Um, I've done done a little bit of some Bob's agriculture companies and whatnot. Um, I recently did like uh, one of my clients actually personal training I was like, could you come into the school and do some photos of the school and mm -hmm. stuff? And I was like, yeah. And I kind of like you know did videos of going because they they wanted it. You know, when you, you go somewhere and then kind of like they, they wanted to lay it out so they can they can video format mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah, and I'm personal training quite a lot as well so that's going pretty good again because of the, the the pandemic and whatnot which is amazing for like the well-being <laughs> sort of side 
And again, I think like, you know, for people like with the gyms, I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to kind of stay, stay working outside like doing the self and fitness or they're going to go back to the gyms. Yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, myself and Al were chatting about this last week off camera. Yeah. Uh, I don't think gyms are going to be as popular. Yeah. For, for a couple of reasons. One, I think a lot of people went out and bought personal kit Mm. for their home. Yeah. So kettlebells, dumbbells, they're going to be like, hang on, I can do this at home. Why do I have to pay 50 quid? Exactly. Yeah. A month. To, to go the, to a, yeah to do the same thing which now by all accounts you're gonna to have to pre-book a time yeah and then if you are slightly worried about the virus you're not gonna to want to go to a gym exactly so I, I i i personally feel gyms are gonna might struggle a little bit yeah, a little once bit the infinite, but, but there's gonna be the, there's gonna obviously there's that market of gym goers who are gonna be like is my life i need to go which is cool because it's it's their thing isn't it so, well it's the social aspect yeah. if yeah, you've yeah, got yeah, your yeah. training partner you're there yeah talking for me i've just I find it better being outside. I love the fresh air and stuff. And when I'm cooped up in like four walls all day, mm-hmm. when I've been training people, oh man, they're buzzing because they want to get trained. Don't get me wrong, I'm still motivating them mm-hmm. and it's fine. But I have to self-motivate myself to motivate them because I'm just <laughs> like, I've been in the four walls for five hours, man. Yeah. But yeah, mate, yeah. So that's going quite well, awesome. uh, the PT. And I've just started before the pandemic down the pandemic mm. like doing the skydive like i wanted to get in the skydive cameraman stuff because i got to that level oh, oh yes. but dude it was sick so i was like rocking up and i'm gonna get back in i'm gonna be like so i kind of have to go now like let me film your tandem so i can get that like kind of signed off mm-hmm. and then i can get paid for it like um that's cool as that's shit. cool man yeah. it's oh, it's just cool just jumping out of people and then i can like i like recently saw my granddad up for a skydive for his birthday and christmas and i'm like oh, i'm gonna film you definitely got i've got to do you know he again he is like he must be 75 76 heading on you know late 70s and i feel for him because he's quite he wants to do stuff but he's never done it so i can see it in him a little mm-hmm. bit so i'm just like you're gonna do a skydive you know it's it's, it's for life experience isn't it because he he, I, he he gets a bit jealous of me probably like traveling around the world mm-hmm. but back in his day he weren't as accessible was it no really. on, yeah um but eventually mate um as i spoke to you uh, before i think like i know there is no amputee skydive instructor so i think that's a pretty cool aim to like to be the very yeah, first that'd be cool man brilliant you know not for not you know not for bragging rights just for like i just think it'd be a good aim because you know i think you've got to have aims aims in life haven't you whatever it's going to be Whatever you've got to do, let it be, you know, travelling around the world, we'll go here, I want to see stuff. Um, but with that, I could, like, with my scuba diving, my skydiving, even my PT, I suppose, that would a- access me to, like, kind of travel. Um, if I wanted to work somewhere, I probably could. And just, you know, because I've got a good relationship with my local drop zone now as well. Mm-hmm. So it'd be quite good to earn off it as well for a bit of extra income. And the aspect as well that I'm an amputee. <coughs> So, you know, people who are like, oh, I couldn't do that. I've, 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 maybe like they had a motorbike crash or something and, you know, and I, can, I might be able to bring something to the table maybe. I think absolutely. You know, I know. Mate, I think absolutely. I know, obviously, like you said, it's, it's not for your ego that you want to be the first. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's, that's a great accomplishment. Yeah. But more yeah. so than that, you're showing people, look, if I can do it, yeah. you can do it. Yeah. Get your ass over here or whatever you want to achieve in life. Yeah. And, 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 and like you said, 
you with the traveling you were like what if this goes wrong what if this goes wrong yeah you can't let that stop you from going out there. Can't Otherwise, live you, like that. You're never going to know. No, and no. you're going to get to 70, like we were saying before, you're going to get yeah. to 70, 80 and be yeah. like, ah, oh, man, I missed it. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, you've got to get yourself out of that comfort zone. You've got to go, I cannot, you know, I like being out of my comfort zone. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there are times where I'm like, okay, this is a bit dodgy. But then I'm like, you know, just don't get me wrong. Just if you are traveling to places, you like want to go there. Just be, just know, if it don't feel right, get out. Mm-hmm. But you, you're going to be, nine times out of ten, you will be safe. Mm-hmm. Just don't put yourself in a bad situation. But just think, you know, pre kind of pre-plan it. But just, you just got to do it. Because then you've got to look back and think, oh, I met some cool people. Like, you know, for one of the instances of travelling, like I, I mentioned, I think it's cool, man. Like, I met, um, um, I made friends with these Filip- Filipinos and they had some cool ass tats on them tattoos and i'm like where'd you get that tattoo from and one of the uh, filipina girls are like oh i got it from uh wang Ud. And i'm like man like i really wanted to i was like i remember thinking i want to go and see this woman this woman's like a tribal i mean even their dialect language the local um the philippine filipinos don't even know so this village has got its own language mm. you know probably like they're probably like 200 strong up in the mountains and i'm like i've got to see this woman so, like, you know, it's like a 12-hour, it was a 13-hour, like, bus ride to a, um... Oh, and then I met, like, you know, this Crocodile Dundee, like, kind of tour guide. <laughs> but luckily, the Filipinos that I met knew the tour guide, but he knew the woman. He knew the family. So I was yeah. like, bonus. That's a sign. I've got to do it. He was so cool. So I met him. We went in, like, a, a taxi about two and a half hours. We then got off the taxi, then got onto a motorbike and then went on a motorbike for like an hour Then got off the motorbike. Then we went to about an hour and a half, two hours hike up in the mountains. This guy, like, it made me laugh because he's a local. We're going up a hill and he had to keep stopping. Like, he was hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, we keep going, mate, you know. I'm former para. Yeah. Para, I'm like, yeah, fierce hill. Even mega. if I'm hanging, I'm not going to let you know I'm hanging. I was just like, yeah, yeah. we're not even that, mate. I was sweating like a tramp on shits, but it was. Good. I was loving it though because I'm like, oh, hill, yeah, you know. Like I was just buzzing the fact I'm going to see this woman. And then I met her, and she is like, she's 102, so yeah. she's a trite, like you know. So people are coming from far and wide to see her, and she doesn't tattoo many people, mm. but you know, he kind of spoke to her, and she looked at me, and she's really selective who she tattoos. Because her grand great granddaughter uh, or granddaughter does her tattoos for her, mm-hmm. she just kind of does her uh, her sign or insignia, mm-hmm. which is three dots. She's like, no, 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 I'm going to tattoo him. She spent like an hour on me. Wow! And I was just like, I just sit there smiling, mate, getting a bamboo tattoo. Yeah. Oh, but you know what? I've done numerous things like that that I've done. I love it. I just I love that one as an example because mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of like a good thing to go. If you want to do something, you're in a place, just think, I'm going to do it because you're there. Mm. Don't leave it till tomorrow. Don't leave it till next week. Before you know it, it's 20 years, 30, 40 years or something, isn't it? And you always wanted to do it, and you? Bang on, mate. Bang on. So what's, what's, the, what's the rest of this year? This Pending year. COVID, obviously. And, oh, oh, dude. So this year, well, skydiving is going to be my thing. Hopefully that heat wave will kick in next week and I'll be so. jumping like crazy. So I'm going to get my jump numbers up. Um, obviously with the, the instructor plan, I spoke to my mate about it. In England, you need a thousand jumps. Wow. But in the US, you only need 500. 
And then obviously you could fly over there and then do your course and smash it out pretty much, probably in like two, three week period or mm -hmm. whatever. So I'm going to plan to get as many jumps as I can uh, this year, um, kick off my drone business, which might lead to something as well. Mm -hmm. You never know. And it's quite good fun. It's quite good money. But obviously I've got to keep pushing that out. PT, and I think I'm going to like pay off the rest of my traveling debts, <laughs> which are nearly paid off. Yeah. And then save up again. Um, and then I think also, I think, do a little bit next year as well. Awesome. Definitely. I think South America next year, 100%, man. Like I went to Mexico and Brazil last year. Oh, but best places I've been. I think I, I, Brazil was amazing. I spent a month on, um, oh man, like the guy who I spent a month with, a trap, tri uh, former rifleman, triple amputee, and he's sailing around the world. Wow. He is a cool guy, mate. Like, um, he, 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 it's a shame he's not good with the media stuff because, He's doing some cool stuff, but he's just he's just some living. Some people it. aren't, man. He's not, but he's mm. just living. He's just living his life. He's living his best life. But I spent a month with him sailing around Brazil. Oh, that was sick. That was cool. But you know what I like? What you've just said, eh? Living your best life, man. Yeah. There's no excuses. You, there's none. There's none, is there? No. Because I don't know. If you want to do something, just do it. Get up, get up, pack your bags and go. You can do it. It's just you know, like we said earlier about the excuses. Mm -hmm. People just build these excuses of, oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. And then, you know, I always wanted to. And then you're always going to think, what if? You need to just book that flight or whatever it may be. Just do it. Yeah. Well, that, that what if thing is a big one for me because yeah. people generally tend to go, what if this goes wrong? What if this doesn't work? What if, what if, what if? What happens if it goes well? What yeah. happens if you love it? What happens if... But anyway. Um, yeah, we know. It's a massive topic, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I've absolutely loved, loved chatting to you and hearing your dates, man. Uh, Thanks, dude. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, more than welcome. Uh, we'll have to do like a number two so you can carry on your dates and that. Like after, after South America. Oh, dude, it's not the end, is it? It's the beginning, if anything. Like, it's just like a chapter. Like, when people when you say about your life story, it's like, yeah, what's going to happen next? What, am I, what, what else am I going to do? Mm -hmm. I've done that. I've probably, you know, like yourself, mate, probably done, like, probably write, a, you could write a book, couldn't you? Mm -hmm. Like, all, all the stories that I've done and things that I've done. I've done a lifetime of things and I'm 32. So it's like... Not even halfway. Mate, hopefully. yeah, it's not even halfway through the story, man. It's just the beginning, I think. But, mate, it's been a pleasure, mate, honestly. I've loved it. Cheers, man. Awesome. And... Dude. That is it. Thank you very much. Laters, people. Peace. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Luke Morrison. Um, how awesome was that? What an inspirational guy. And uh, he's got quite quite a story, eh? Um, I just want to say thank you again to Luke for, for taking the time to, to sit down and chat with me. If you were listening to that podcast and you were thinking, I'd quite like to see like the, the, the short video we did on Luke on YouTube, head over to my YouTube uh, channel at The Nomadic Veteran, and it's in a playlist called Vet Files. If you can't find it, then fire me a message on, on the gram. Again, same handle, at The Nomadic Veteran, and I will steer you in the right direction. But that is it for this week. I guess I'll see you all next week. Laters.